This talk was given by Ronald Hogan Green Sensei at the Zen Center of New York City. Hogan Sensei is a lay teacher in the Mountains and Rivers Order and is co-director of the Zen Center of New York City. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you would like to make a donation, please visit our website at zmm.mro.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. It's nice to see all of you here today. Um, and uh, we're opening up what's called our Spring Ango Intensive. Um, it, it opened last week at the monastery uh, with a formal entry. Uh, some of you were there. Um, it came just after um, kind of a blizzard up there. Um, and uh, no electricity for the three days and the entire morning. Uh, I think we got most of you registered for the ongo, but it was at a time where the last ongo forms were coming in. So, um, And we had a very big locust lay herself down on the property during that, that weekend. Um, but uh, So we like to join together um, here at the temple the following week, as we're doing now, uh, Hogan Sensei and I, to um, open it here which will be our city practice, and we'll work together from the mountain into the city. Some of you will be doing both and, and traveling back and forth. It's, it's really a wonderful process. Um, for those of you who are new, let me just briefly speak a little bit about Ango and the tradition. So Ango, those two words, two, two um, characters, mean peaceful Dwelling. Um, An is like a dwelling or a hut or a hermitage. So it, it, it begs the question in each of us, um, how is this in us? How, how are we the peaceful dwelling? How do we become peaceful, practice peace, um, and, uh, and intensify that? It's already within us. Um, and so we intensify our connection to live peacefully and dwell in that. Um, the tradition goes back to the time of the Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, in India, um, when it was uh, usually the it was a monastic practice. The Angos, thousands of monastics pilgrimaging, traveling. So you can imagine that the way they practiced was to go to different teachers who had um, different specialties, and sometimes in, in, um, in liturgy, in, in um, academic, in certain aspects of the teaching, and so they would travel. And then when the rains came, the monsoon season, uh, it made travel impossible so everyone would stay in one place, and the Buddha would be there, and it would get really intense. They would set up like a, a, a university. Um, that was always very appealing to me. I, I'm still asking Shugen Sensei if we could replicate that part um, with a lot of huts outside and tents, and kind of just staying on the property, you know, in the warmer season, of course. Um, and it was a, it, it, the focus was 
a collective practice, sangha, community, um, being all together. Um, the ones that were traveling would bring the teachings that they got in different places back, and so new new things would be introduced. So um, uh, so everyone could deepen and 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 learn new things. Um, so it was a university of of training to expand their knowledge, um, deep, engaged, and since. Now, most of the, we've got 12 monastics, right? So most, look at this. You all practice, and you, you, your temple is your, is your home and here where you receive teachings, but it's, it's a pilgrimage. You have to um, leave home and come for teachings and then hopefully bring that back you know, there's it's undivided life is is what what we're talking about. How to undivide our life, bring this totally into our life, in our, in in our family, in the way we breathe, the way we are in the office, um, um, the way we march, um, and interact. And um, Hogan Sensei's a a white-robed one, good example of um, with his family and coming here to the temple. And it's, it doesn't, you know, you don't stop. It's not, um, you know, practices 24-7. Um, and uh, it's kind of a, like um, you're a monastic in the 9 to 5, um, you know, always keeping the teachings with you. And so we need these kinds of ongo periods to to deepen that, to really engage it, because it's it's not easy, right? We all know it's not easy to remember what we're doing and practice. So um, that's the imperative. And when we do that, this is a wisdom tradition. So a tradition is something we all know. Tradition, right? Tradition. It's it's. Don't get me started. <laughs> Easy girl. I'll start going into tradition. Um, it's a tradition, and and this this is what keeps it alive. This is what keeps the wisdom alive. It's got to move as because we're moving to not stay dead, to stay vibrant, um, energetic. And so when we concentrate and come together like this, we revive the tradition that, that brings our ancestors closer, that we can use them and their energy to deepen ourselves. So that's the, um, that's ongo. And intensify does not mean equals panic. Right? Sometimes we intensify and it means, ah! But, so, what is that for? How do you intensify without panic, without anxiety, it, with peace, with just deepening? You know, it's, it's often um, very slight shifts sometimes, not big movements, but very slight changes in focus, attention, attitude, liturgy art, the things we'll go through that we'll be doing in this ongo.
So um, we'll, um, we have at the, at the monastery, we installed a um, chief disciple. So it's a, a, um, a, a person in practice who will serve as a model of practice in a sense, um, just do their practice, their own, and be very um, diligent with their own um, practice as a model. And this, this time it's a, a monastic, uh, Rakasan, whose name, Raku, you know, the pottery, means um, relaxed, if you, know, if you know him. It's a very good name. Relaxed mountain, Rakasan, uh, motion. He'll be our, our Shuso. And he's a very seasoned practitioner. He started in the 60s with Sasaki Roshi in a Rinzai tradition. You'll probably see that a little left in his body. Um, <laughs> talking about... And the fascicle we're studying is so beautiful in this digital moving age. Learning, study through the body and mind. <laughs> Study through the body and mind. Okay, making this connection of body and mind. It's a beautiful fascicle. And um, I'll say a little bit about that, but just in the beginning of it, the fascicle, which is, for those of you who are new, this is a Zen teacher from the 12th century who wrote 94 kind of very poignant mystical teachings profound about the nature of ourself. He writes, the Buddha way cannot be attained. This is the open line. Usually that's the whole nut of the fascicle in that opening. The Buddha way cannot be attained unless you practice. And without study, it remains remote. So it's practice and study. To study the Buddha way is to study the self. And we'll go into those words a little bit more. And so Rakasan was um, installed and his position um, to develop. Uh, We congratulated him on his development. And then we read uh, some of... um, Anyone who's been uh, practicing could enter the ango formally. And that's just, again, this is not, um, this is just a way to hold ourselves accountable um, to our intention. It's not pass and fail. We're not like checking you off with red pens. What you, some of you think that, I know, I've been told. Um, so it's not to make yourselves guilty or you know, we're, we're doing our best. It's just we're holding an intention. We're helping each other. So that's what I mean. Intensify does not mean panic. You can always turn towards practice at any moment. That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. So um, then we read the names of everyone who um, formally um, signed up. And for those of you that didn't have a chance to, we keep that open um, for this month. It, we had a deadline, but we know how we are with term papers and all that. <laughs> it always goes through. Not the last month, though, folks. Okay, it's got to be into this month. So 
just let myself know if you didn't get on and you would actually like to participate. We can talk about that upstairs. And we start off by reading a student petition, and then uh, Yukon and Tenfu will read the names of the um, participants. Is there a bell that someone's... Okay. So I'll read the petition, and then they'll read the names. And there will be a bell to punctuate. We come here realizing the question of life and death is a vital matter. We we dedicate ourselves to wholeheartedly practicing this spring intensive in the Mountains and Rivers Order. We understand the guidelines of this order and this intensive and assume full responsibility for observing them. Please guide us in our practice. The following people wish to enter the spring 2018 Ango training period. Manjo, Manju Daishi Shinyoso Sonja. Kodo Shugen Fusho Hojin. Hogan Green Zuise Goddard. Rakusan Motion Yudo Abraham. Myoko Ad- Myoke Adams Kemu Adelson. Carolyn Aleph Jose Allure. Sensui Shoan Hoku Aronson. Chiken Bacon Kuse Bakule. Sancho Benton Sago Bears. Exudo Black Gale Black. Kokuse Blosh Unsan Bogan. Jisan Gokan Mary Bazakowski. Elizabeth Bolter, Teresa Bray. Chizen Brown, Choshin Burdick. Gotai Burnett, Paul Burns. Walter Burton, Alex Cannon. Tom Kaplan, Ron Carroll. Achan Chen, Shoshin Chester. Ryoshin Chivers, Laura Close. Kimu Ko, Laura Cohen. Sanzen Cole, Sue Elvin Cooper. Fubai Cowdery, Keegan Delaney. Gail Delaney, Liam Delaney. Shobun Desetta, Kushu Dinan. Joshua Dietmer, R.U.D. Vincenzo. Dan Donahue, Lexi Dore. Jenshin Dragotta, Tess Edmonds. Ben Ehrlich, Ellery Eskin. Kyosho Fallon, Daiken Farrell. Jacqueline Ferretti, Shoho Forgi. Scott Forster, Fuse Fourth. Christine Fowle, Shoho Christo. <clears throat> Vadim Galperin, Genjo Gabauer. Nicholas Gentile, Taikyo Gilman. Maria 
Jose Jimenez, Emily Gitlin, Bruce Glick, Christina Grasso, Choju Greenwood, Choke Yukon, Chozen Hamlin, Simon Harrison, Chinko Hayes, Taiju Hickey, Shinji Hoffman, Polly Horn, Deborah Hovland, Doug Hall, Kaishan Jameson, Simeon Jaffe, Arlen Keegan, Yunin Kelly, Stuart Kennedy, Israel Kidder, Rebecca Kish, Brent Kite, Stefano Curious, Jikai Krieger, Seyu Lenagan, Michelle Laura, Kukwon Lawton, William Lee, Meiju Linnet, Renji Lis, Bingwon Liu, Tenful Wazel Weiner, Ikio Love, Peter Lynch, Hosho Maguire, Seishin Mel, Busan Manion, Kian Martin, Ishin Masson, Lin Matun, George Matthews, Kame McCarthy, Hugo McCarthy, Thomas McGill, Chiyu McGowan, Shokon McNamara, Alec Mickeljohn, Nancy Meyer Emmerich, Kenshu Mylock, Weston Minnesota, Steve Myron, Ravi Mishira, Misha, Corin Mole, Koho Montadel, Kaishu Moody, Gensei Moore, Carol Massot, Stephen Murphy, Conshan Murray, Sejo Nevins, Donna Nicolini, Fusho Nolan, Tosho O'Brien, Tasha Ortlov, Vera Azaransky, Daishin Patnan, Shoso Peacock, Lee Pearson, Hobai Pekarik, Anjan Plant, Jess Plum, Lou Pocaccino, Sushravya Raganuth, Joe Reola, Serio Ravek, Choco Reese, Teruma Richardson, Jonathan Rosenthal, Yokosh Nado, Gloria Schofield, Tose Schulman, Jogan Schubert, Taise Schutzman, Yosha Scott Childress, Tokusho Sangas, Zuiko Ikusei, Myojo Shifton, Mika Shirota, Anastasia Shaila, Stephen Sigalski, Fuyu Spiker, Adam Starrett, Richard Superti, Mark Taylor, Takuse Twitchell, Luca Valentino, Lindsay Van Wagenen, Christopher Varga, 
Gikan Vesan Hosue Vesan Shuke Walker Alexis Waller Craig Webster Noran Wilder Sayan Wilder Gregory Wilkowski Joshin Woodhouse Scrap Rank The focal point, we good? The focal point of Ango is the fascicle uh, that Hojin Sensei mentioned, and it permeates through all of the three months and all of the teachings and all of the eight gates. Um, there's so much in our world, uh, there's a lot in our world. And the question is, what deserves our attention? And what should we give energy and awareness to? Um, And it's not a matter that uh, there are some things we should pay attention to and some things we should not pay attention to, uh, but that we should be aware that where we're devoting our life energy to study, to practice in a way, in a broad sense of practice, of living in a way, greatly affects our life, uh, and it affects the life of those around us. Uh, Hojin Sensei mentioned the, the beginning of the ango, uh, the beginning of the fascicle, which says, without practice, the Buddha way cannot be attained. Without study, it remains remote. He's quoting another teacher. And That's the basis of what we're doing. Uh, It's easy to step into uh, the temple, to to the mountains or river's order, and even become a student and somehow get distracted with all of the things in our life. And we need to uh, have all of the things in our life. But the question is, where is our attention? Where is our focus? What? sustains practice, what deepens practice, what help us, helps us awaken, basically. Uh, and to, to stay with that, uh, there are times that we can um, deeply focus and other times that we relax a little. But always the focus is on awakening. That's what the Buddha did. That's what we do. So Zen Master Dawi said, it's not that there is no practice, no realization, it's just that they cannot be divided. So there is practice and there is a realization, but you cannot divide them. And Dogen goes on to say, not to study the Buddha way is to fall into the realm of outsiders and those without enlightenment. All preceding and succeeding Buddhas, without exception, practice the Buddha way. So this is, the, again, the heart of it. This is, this is what we're doing here. And then he says something very interesting that's, I think, very helpful, uh, given how our minds work and how sometimes we're full of enthusiasm and sometimes less so. Even if you have not yet aroused the way-seeking mind, follow the example of the Buddha ancestors who did arouse the way-seeking mind in former times. So it's natural that sometimes our way-seeking mind is not at the forefront. 
is not clear to us. But the inspiration is to follow the example of the Buddha ancestors, all of whom struggled the same way you and I struggle, all of whom sometimes felt deeply connected to Dharma study and other times less so. And so to follow that example, Dogen says to study the Dharma in all things, in all dharmas, all phenomena, in living and dying, in what is essential and what is superficial. This is Prajna Paramita. Actually, I'm quoting Shugen Roshi, who said that last week. This is Prajna Paramita. This is the heart of our wisdom, the mind of our wisdom. And so everything is available to study. This is not a burden. This is simple awareness in the moment, moment after moment of practice. And sometimes that awareness is going to be very focused and very tight and very aware. And sometimes we're going to be asleep. And all of that is available to study. The tendency sometimes is to think that when we're asleep, and of course there are many moments that we're asleep, that that somehow is bad. And that when we're attending and wakeful, that that somehow is good. And in a relative sense, you can talk about it in those terms. But in a deep practice sense, if we're willing to turn everything towards the Dharma, it's all good because the moments that we're asleep inspire us to pay attention and to, to note what comes out of those moments of asleep. There's, there's a karma that comes out of that. Uh, and to do it without being obsessive or compulsive, but to do it with a gentle heart, a relaxed heart, um, the, the term that keeps coming up for me, um, and <laughs> I'm about to do a workshop on the paramitas, the monastery next week, is, is, is not patience, but it's forbearance, which is essentially the same thing. But there's something, at least in me, that connects with the term forbearance that uh, is a gentleness and a loving sense that allows all of us and all of what is before us to exist. And so when we take that in and really get that our whole body and mind and whatever it does and whatever comes before us, as Dogen says, all the bits and pieces of our mind, which you know, are amazingly present in, you know, our mind is capable of thinking of every single bit and piece that, that there is, um, much of which we would not prefer, and some of which we would prefer. And yet all of that can be turned towards Dharma practice. And when, that, when we practice turning towards Dharma practice, our life changes. Our life changes because then nothing needs to be excluded. We don't need to hide anything from ourselves. And the more we don't hide things from ourselves the more generosity and the more open our heart becomes towards others. Because if we're not hiding, then, and, and understand that process of hiding and not hiding within us, then we can respect and love others from the same perspective, that all of us are struggling to, to be fully human, to take our whole body and mind and, and offer that. So Dogen says, for the time being, let us say there are two things the study of the body and the study of the mind. But it's interesting that the title of the fascicle is... Well, studying through the body and the mind. As one thing. As one whole thing. Or 
studying through the mind and the body. Right, exactly. And what difference does it make if you say one before the other or the other before? They're a single thing. And yet, Dogen says, for the time being, let us say there are two things. And that's fascinating. Uh, It's fascinating because it points to the relativity of one side and the absoluteness of the other side. And this practice is grounded in the absoluteness and the wholeness, in the, in the no separation. And yet in this relative world, there seems to be a body and mind, and we need to respect and honor that. So we study with the body, we study with the mind, and we look at that. And what we study, as we study, we see that the gap between the body and mind gets smaller and smaller and smaller and disappears that there's no way to, to actually study any of these eight gates, any of the ways that we're going to study in these three months uh, without studying with the whole body and mind. And so what does it mean to study with the whole body and mind in Zazen? Obviously, we're sitting there and we're using our body, yet we're working with our mind. Yet all of us know how the body affects our Zazen and how it occupies our mind at times. And all of us know, to one extent or another, when we forget about our body in the midst of Zazen and become completely, can we say, completely become our mind? Not really in a relative sense, but in an absolute sense. And then body and mind are whole. The Buddha pointed out, said Dogen, that this way is so subtle that it can't be discerned by our senses. And yet, what we have to practice with is our body and mind. So again, that seemingly dichotomy, this immense subtlety of this practice, the, the inarticulateness of this practice, if you will. And yet, we have our body and mind to work with, even though it can't be discerned by our senses. So something more is being asked of us. Uh, something so subtle that we can't grasp it, and yet so apparent that we can enter it with our body and mind. The, one of the dangers here is to fall into the trap that everything we do is practice. And we can take that up as, you know, well, this is practice. Everything I do is practice. Um, And it's important to discern that our job is to be clear on where we're putting our attention. I started off by saying this, that where we put our attention, another way of saying this that I often say is turning towards the Dharma, is is what changes everything is practiced to this particular thing, which we may like or not like, is practice. And there's a big difference between those, those two ways of understanding our life. This particular thing that is present right now, right here, that is us, that is practice. So it's not a matter that everything is practice. That's very, very conceptual. Yet your moment of life at this moment can truly be practice. That's up to each of us. There's quite a number of activities that are going to be happening um, in these three months. And, and basically, 
Um, to the best of our ability, we're going to pull in in every talk and every way some aspect of this fascicle of the teachings of the expression of whole body and mind. Um, but you also have to, have to enter. Um, you know, we read the list of people entering to help inspire us. And Ango can be both intimidating or it can be a wonderful entry point. How do we as lay practitioners um, wake up? That's the essential question that we all have to ask. Um, you know, the monastics have it easy. Their life is easy and simple. There's nothing to it, you know. And, you know, they get a certificate of enlightenment as part of being a monastic. Isn't, isn't that the way it works? Kind of, sort of not. Um, Absolutely, Hogan. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> There are no free rides in this business, <laughs> not for anybody. <laughs> but as a lay practitioners, in one way we have it easy, and in another way we don't. We have it easy because we can do whatever we want, right? Uh, and that's called practice. But we don't have it easy because it's hard to train. And training is what leads to awakening. Training is where the, the activities of practice are not so optional. And that's why we have a temple here so that you can come here and train, so that you can come here in the minutiae of how a temple works and, and take up sweeping the ground, uh, washing a dish, uh, helping set up for lunch, which we need your help to do. That, that, that wasn't a coincidental <laughs> statement. Uh, <laughs> um, so to, to look for act. To, to look for opportunities to work within the temple appropriate to your life so that you can take up training, so that you're not making all the calls, because you can make all the calls, but good luck waking up from the sense of me making the calls. And so, you know, how we do this makes all the difference, and Ango is the open-door invitation to this. So um, Hojin's going to review some of the activities do you have the sheet? Yep. That, uh, and, nope. and please don't necessarily discriminate between the activities at the monastery and the activities here. It's all for you. Um, you know, I grew up in New York, and I can clearly remember when I was about 18 thinking, nothing else in the world exists outside New York City. <laughs> um, there are many students here, but also it's easy to fall into the realm of it's over there, and I'm here, and it's not easy to get there. And it's not. And yet, it's important. It's important that it's not just body and mind study of the way, it's temple monastery study of the way. And since you're here, this is your home, and an extension of your home is the monastery. And you need it all. You need anything that we can get our grubby little hands on to help us wake up. It's really that simple. Okay. (laughs) I thought that's a perfect introduction. (laughs) Have you ever seen her hands, the hands of a potter? (laughs) I know, I was like, be careful in that grubbly little hand hand comment. Um, So, activities. Um, Well, Shugen Sensei will be here next week. Uh, doing fusatsu, and we'll do one each month, which is a renewal of vows ceremony. It means um, continuous good practice, 
and it takes up the moral and ethical teachings and there's a talk and then uh, one of our um, uh, uh, that deals with our um, our karma um, and how to um, work with um, at one minute um, acknowledging um, saying yes to all that's happened and and a way to um, express that um, so he'll be here doing a fusatsu next week. I'll do one one month. Hogan Sensei will do one another month. Um, Hogan will be at the monastery if you'd like to travel up there next next week while Shugan's here doing perfect from now on with the the paramitas, these qualities of, of awakening of that are within us that we can turn towards at a moment. You know, when we chant gate, gate, para, gate, parsam, gate, it's... There's no, we say, this sure and that sure. And it's the moment we kind of do that turning that everything arrives at once. So he'll be taking that up. Um, there'll be precepts um, to retreat, um, silent intensive, the ongo intensive at the monastery with Shugan, and, and I'll be doing that with him. Um, and Asanga Treasure Weekend, which we hope many of you will come to, which is looking at us as Asanga Treasure, what we're doing within the uh, Mountains and Rivers Order. Um, how are we as a community? Teachers will leave, so just the community can talk, and we're not there. So we, you know, I remember when Dida wasn't there, we talked very differently than when he was in the room. Um, Bhikkhu Bodhi is coming. If you don't know Bhikkhu Bodhi, I mean, most of what we have as Americans and students and the sutras and the translations from Sanskrit to Pali, the words of the Buddha are Bhikkhu Bodhi. And so he'll be doing um, words on social and communal harmony at the monastery. Um, carpool, um, check ride shares, um, Try and, and, and join Bhikkhu Bodhi. I think he's doing the Sunday talk as well. So just come up for that. And then here at the temple, um, uh, we'll do, um, I'll do an, a couple art retreats because that's our focus um, uh, this, this ongo. And um, that was how I entered practice. Um, it was a big aspect of seeing that art practice was. Um, here at the um, a gate of considered a gate of self study, an important gate, our our creative impulse. How do we express ourselves? And you know, we, Dido used to say, if there's no self, then what does self expression actually mean? What's expressing? What happens when the self is forgotten? What kind of expression is that? when we're not in our way, and we can let the 10,000 things move forward and express and our connection to that. So I'm doing a retreat called Face to Face, and um, it's looking at what are we facing? What is directly in front of us? As this face, how, how much have we had permission to actually look at each other it's not an easy retreat in that sense, um, that permission, and what that does to us when we look, when we are able to look at another person and and 
take them in. So um, you don't have to have any experience. In fact, sometimes that's even better. Um, Because, again, it just shows you that it's not, you know, when we think of art practice, I mean, how many of you got a tight stomach and throat? Like, boom, right? And all of a sudden you see your mind going like, I haven't done that since I was eight years old, you know. And that's, there's the mirror right there. We can, might as well, we're done if that happened, you know, but we're going to keep going. There's half-day sits to intensify. Um, there's, uh, Hogan will take up bodhicitta um, at work, the Four Noble Truths, um, Christian McEwen, if you haven't worked with her, um, World, um, uh, I forgot the name, of the sh- uh, anyway, she's doing a writing retreat. If you want to write, like, and you don't know you're, you're writing or that you know, don't know that you want to write, she's amazing. She's like a can opener for writing. She will just push you through any block you have, open you to such new venues of, of words, um, a slowing down. She's a practitioner, so just slowing down. World, her book is called World Enough and Time. So how do we be time, and how do we, we see that, that um, the, the language is always available? If we, where do we put our attention, and how does that kind of make its way to the paper as a word? And, and um, I'm going to do it. I love her. Um, it's called Learning to Pause. And then I'll be doing a retreat with Thank You one of our um, senior students of memory and magic, discovering the details. And um, this is about how to turn on, how, how to take sips of beauty, the magic, when we, when we can't, sometimes we're so frozen. And, and how to, see, see, when we get the Zen stories, there's this ideal, and a lot of us are perfectionists, right? We have this ideal of ourself as this perfect practitioner, and we don't let in, as Hogan said, like the worthiness of our messiness as being like very um, uh, particular to us and as a place of, of awakening. And so we're going to take that up because sometimes we get into a, a mind state that freezes. And how do we just slightly find our radiance, our turn on? And, and, it's, and, and where sometimes we don't see beauty anymore, or it just not, it's not coming. It's just closed off. And sometimes it's very vibrant, so it will be a mixture. But it happens to all of us in our life where it, the valve opens and closes. So we'll look at these little sips of magic and discovery, um, how to turn. Okay. Um, and the art practice, right? Yeah. Did you want to say something else, or should I? Uh, you want to talk about art practice? Okay. Then, then of course I'll... I do. <laughs> do I want to talk about art practice? I want to do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
this is what we'll be focusing on is creative expression. And um, call it what you want. Um, you know, art has a big, heavy um, package, right? Because we, we go to museums and there's a goal and it's going to be... So it's, the goal is just the process itself. It's relaxation into the creative process. And if we get something out of it, that's nice too. Um, but to see how we are in our engagement with a creative process. The part we'll be working with in the fascicle is this. Master Dogen taught, Now, now, mountains, rivers, earth, the sun, the moon, and stars are mind. All of that. At just this moment, what is it that appears directly in front of you? Mountains, rivers, and earth do not merely mean mountains, rivers, and earth, where you are standing. There are various kinds of mountains, such as Great Mount Sumeru and Small Sumeru. Some mountains extend widely, some rise up steeply. Some walk fast, some walk slow. I'm adding. Some mountains lay down, some mountains cheerlead. Some mountains extend widely, some rise up steeply. A billion worlds and innumerable lands can be found in a mountain. There are mountains suspended in form, there are mountains suspended in emptiness. When you do art practice this ango, settle yourself in a place where you can give all of your awareness to right where you are. At just this moment, what is it that appears directly in front of you? So remember, it could, there's billions, a billion of worlds and innumerable lands, what's right in front of you. What's right in front of you means in all directions, both inside and out, outside. Let your mind be open and accepting of all that there is without trying to name or understand. We ask that you choose a medium and then just start with something simple, one thing, and if that naturally, organically calls in other pieces to add, then go ahead and and do that. But it's easy to just say writing, movement, something direct like that. One medium that will be your main voice of expression. As your art practice develops through the ango, you may want to explore other mediums. I've said that. At the end, we'll have a, a... presentation together with the Sangha, whoever would like to participate and see what everyone's been doing. Okay, so that's what we'll... Um, I wanted to point out something that's been running through this whole morning, and particularly for me. Um, You know, over the last couple of times I was here... um, Two weeks ago, and then two weeks before then, maybe it was one week, but um, a couple of different people had acute emergencies, really acute emergencies, life and death emergencies. And um, they either were here when that happened or came here. This was their refuge. 
Um, we are each, for each of us, all of us are our refuge. I'm not expressing this very well, but the, the, the group of us that practices with a dedication to waking up is our home. This temple is nothing without Sangha. I, I remember early in my training, I, I visited a very, at the time, very well-known um, Japanese Zen temple uh, to be unnamed in upstate New York. And it was impeccable, beautiful, perfect. And, and the practice was something else, meaning did not necessarily reflect the, what I was seeing. Uh, for various reasons, which I won't get into, but if you know some of the history of what I'm talking about, you would, you can connect it. Um, I recall coming to Zen Mountain Monastery uh, in the late 80s, and here's this magnificent building, and going into one of the bathrooms and going, <laughs> because the toilet needed to be replaced, the sink needed to be replaced, the fl- and, you know, my initial training was in a, a much smaller uh, temple, uh, but was also impeccable, although the, the training there was, was real. Um, and I realized in that moment, being at Zen Mountain Monastery, that it's not the building. It's the practice. It's the people practicing. It's us. Us collectively and us individually. And so um, we each need to be able to turn towards each of us. You have my heart, and I have your heart. And that's the way it needs to be. And it needs to be that past our personal preference of whether we like or dislike somebody or relate to them or don't relate to them. You know, that actually doesn't matter. It makes no difference. And even in saying that and practicing that, you are waking up. When you can see that and, and get that, that helps you awaken. It's, it's, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying disregard, you know, those kinds of opinions, but see through them, that there's something much more important, something much more relevant to the study when we look at each other, not through the lens of judgment, but through the lens of practice and awakening. That helps us awaken. And what comes out of that, we, I mean, we use the word compassion, but it's simple, profound kindness. That's what comes out of that. And so that's what is in this temple. That's what's in you. That's what's in us. And, um, and it's shot through as invisible threads, and yet it's present all the time. And it, but it needs to be fostered. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be allowed for. It needs to be cultivated in each of us because it's easy to turn away. It's easy to get stuck in our own small sense of what we want or don't want. And I mention that because in a few moments we're going to go upstairs and have lunch together as a sangha. Um, and then we're going to have a meeting together as a sangha. What will that meeting be about? We have no idea. It's about you. 
you're going to supply what that meeting's about. And I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that there's also a Sangha Treasure scheduled in April here, a Sangha Treasure meeting scheduled in April here, which is a different meeting than we're about to have. So this meeting is an open meeting, a public meeting, if you will. The Sangha Treasure meeting allows for the teachers are not present. So it, as, as um, Hojin Sensei mentioned, it's very different when the teachers are present when they're not present. Um, hopefully we don't quite take up the room that Daino Roshi did um, in both a positive and negative way sometimes. But, you know, it's different. You have more freedom. And so that's the Sangha Treasure meeting. Uh, and so um, please honor that, respect that, those meetings, but more importantly, what the meetings represent, uh, which is your voice. Um, you have the power here. You're the practitioners. This is about you. It's not even really, in, a, in, in that sense, about the teachings. It's about you in relationship to the teachings. And the emphasis is on you and your practice. So um, we'll go upstairs, we'll have lunch, and then we'll see where that goes. Yeah. So uh, are you done? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to read um, just a little piece by uh, Dogen about the practice period to end with. Um, and you know what I was, where I was going before was, you know, when we get these stories from the ancestors, we we get sort of their polished ending part, but we don't get the details of like what they had to, like what we deal with. It's all so, it's it's easy to compare or or hold this. We aim high, but also this idea of perfectionism to see what that is. Um, what is that? And, and are we missing um, a process um, because we have these models that we think something's um, wrong um, in, what, in everything that we experience just about? If we're, when we have this Dharma, which is so clear and liberating, um, but yet to, to um, uh, go, th- go to... to obtain that, it's right there in those pieces that we want to very quickly think are not part of being human. So Dogen says, The world-honored one said to complete enlightenment bodhisattva and all those in the assembly as well as to all beings. Those who participate in the three-month spring practice period should abide as pure bodhisattvas their minds free of the world's chattering, uninvolved with the world's opinions. On the opening day of the practice period, make a statement like this in front of a Buddha image. I, monk, nun, layman, laywoman, so-and-so, now mount the bodhisattva vehicle in order to activate the practice of tranquility and together with all beings, enter the mark of purity and abide in it so that we can all make complete enlightenment our temple. Thanks so much for listening. 
The monastery's quarterly journal, Mountain Record, has a new home at mountainrecord.org. For over 30 years, Mountain Record has been offering spiritual seekers of all faiths a unique journey through words and images. Each quarterly issue delivers a thought-provoking array of classic teachings, contemporary wisdom, stunning photographs, and news from the Mountains and Rivers Order. For more information, to subscribe, or to read our open-access articles, visit mountainrecord.org.